It's going to be a long message before I'm preparing myself. I know it's getting ready to happen, <laughs> so I thought I'm going to get ready for this stuff. Hey, listen, how many of here, uh, you know, I always try to find out what the crowd's like, you know, where, where you're coming from, and so kind of do a little survey. How many here has ever been to a doctor? How about once a year? How about more than that? All right. Now, <clears throat> when you're searching for a doctor, do you try to, and you can do this, you can go on the Internet and try to find out about them. And, you know, I'm sure that when you go on the Internet, you say, well, here's a doctor that's right 80% of the time. <laughs> that's the doctor I want, you know, or this doctor barely made it out of uh, medical school, but they got a good personality, you know. Uh, through the years and talking to people, and of course, you know, with what I do, I deal with a lot of folks, hospitals and that kind of stuff, and, uh, and uh, almost without exception, when someone tells me about their doctor, they always say, this is the best doctor in the area. You know, they never say, this doctor is mediocre, but hey, you know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. It's always the very best doctor, and I'm not saying that in the area of duration. I want <laughs> the best doctor and uh, to certainly, uh, I, I want them to, I want to believe that when they are checking me over that they really like what they're doing, that they're good at what they're doing, that they're accomplished at what they're doing, and uh, that they're going to give me a, a good call, if you will. Well, <clears throat> you know, as we look here in the book of Revelation, we have a doctor here. And, uh, and the reason we actually know this is because of the fact we see his credentials. And uh, he is getting ready to make a, a, an evaluation of what he's seeing. And uh, sometimes when, you know, have you, I've had this happen from time to time, have folks come to me and say certain things, and they don't really have all the information. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they make a judgment on a situation. They don't know the whole story. And so they give a very limited and very weak type of uh, thought. Well, we, as we look here at the book of Revelation, we see that we talked to uh, Jesus is speaking here. And he's getting ready to give some bad news. You know, have you ever been to a doctor and, uh, you know, they call, you say, I need, you need to come in and see me next week. That's never a good time. You know, they, we, got some, we, need, we need to talk type thing. But uh, <clears throat> we kind of see this is what's happening here in the book of Revelation. Of course, I hope you've enjoyed the, the study through this particular, these seven churches. They've been so very practical and, and honest and sometimes very painful but very beneficial to us. And so he's getting ready to give some pretty tough uh, evaluations. He's getting ready to talk about some things that are going to be very painful. And so in doing that, what he's doing, he's trying to help them to understand who he is, what his abilities are, what his credentials are. We talked about it last week, and it's important that you get a hold of that. If I am talking to someone that I believe they know what they're talking about, I may even listen <laughs> You know, I might even pay attention to what they're going to say because they've got the credentials, because uh, they've got the background, because they know me. And so, therefore, I believe that the information they're getting ready to give me is going to be beneficial to me. And so this is what we see here. This is what he did, how he started out his conversation with the Lato Sea Church uh, last week. Just a real quick review. He said there in verse 14, which was where we see his credentials, and under the angel of the churches in Lato Seans write, These things saith the Amen. Now, we talked about that last week. He's the amen. He is the end. We end our prayers with amen because he is the end. Uh, all time is going toward the end, and he's there. One of the things we talked about last week is that he is worthy of our time. It just confuses me when I get around people that supposedly 
have a relationship with Jesus Christ but spend no, spend no time with him. Uh, they just seem to try to work him in if they possibly can. And everything takes precedence over him. And when I hear stuff like that, I'm thinking, man, that is crazy. I mean, when you understand who he is, he is worthy of our time. It's never a waste of time to give that time to him. Uh, he goes on. He says this. <clears throat> he says, uh, the faithful and true witness. Not only is he amen, he's the faithful and true witness. He is worthy of our trust. You know, it's important. One of the important things when coming to, to doctors is that you have to trust them. I, 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 look, I look for doctors that are, I can trust, and I look for doctors that are heavy. No skinny doctors. I say, you know, my doctor's just right. And he talks to me and says, hey, hey, dude, <laughs> you know, you need to do that. And uh, but uh, but I want someone that is faithful and someone is true. I, I want I want when someone tells me something, I want to I want to believe what they're saying is right and true. And here's the thing. When it comes to Jesus, when he's talking to us, you can count on what he's saying. He will be faithful. He will not let you down. And I know you've been let down. I know you've let people down. But he's never done that. Isn't that amazing? He has never let somebody down. Because he is faithful and he is true, and so he's worthy not only of our time, but he's worthy also of our trust. We can trust him. The last credential we see before he, before he issues this bad news, these guys, he says, and the beginning of the creation of God. In other words, he is the beginning. He has the authority. He is worthy of our worship. It all began with him. And it's staying with him. And what worship means that, that we can trust him, that we will be obedient to him, that we're going to listen to what he has to say. And so as he's getting ready to deliver this pretty painful information, I don't know if you've ever had to do that or not. Had to tell someone some bad news. It's not a, it's not a cool thing to do. Not a, you know, through the years because of what I do, I've had some midnight calls. I had to go and talk to some families about losing loved ones and things of this nature. Never, never an easy thing to do when you had to do stuff like that. And so we realized that he was getting ready to do that. And you know what's kind of interesting? He's getting ready to talk to some people that do not actually believe what he's getting ready to say. Anyway, so that's actually going to work one of these days in this message. Now, so here we go, guys. He is saying, getting ready to talk to these people. You can trust them. He's worthy of our time, worthy of our trust. He's worthy of our worship. Now, he's getting ready to say, give a, give a message to these people. Look at verse uh, 15, 16. Here was the message. Here it is. I know thy works. Okay, he knows us. That thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. Look at his diagnosis. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. What he's saying is that your behavior makes me sick. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Can't you imagine the, the group that he was talking to, and they were, uh, uh, they were with anticipation. They were, they were sitting on the edge of their seats, just like his brothers here, and, and just waiting for it. To, he's close to the spout where the glory pours out, right? There you go. But, but they were waiting for this message from the, from the doctor, from the master. And they, and they, and you're going to see in a few minutes, they had a good opinion of themselves. You know what I'm saying? And so he, 
he went through these, these credentials. He explained who he was. He did that on purpose. Because what he's getting ready to tell them, I can meet your needs. See, I can actually meet your needs. This is what the whole thing was about. And so they're sitting there in anticipation to what he's getting ready to say. He said, you guys, are, are, you're not cold and you're not hot. You're lukewarm. And that behavior makes me sick. Now, you can imagine how that had to go over. I mean, that was not something that they were not wanting to hear. Uh, it's like going to, you know, going to a doctor, and we, we go every six months, and we go for our checkups, and, and I really encourage it. They draw tons of blood out of us and all. <laughs> That's fun. And, uh, and they check all that kind of stuff up, and we go on to the doctor, and, you know, so far we've gone there, and he says, man, you know, you, you, you're doing good, and your heart's good, and the blood's good, and all that kind of stuff, and all is very good, and, uh, you know, everything's fine. And that's what we want to hear. But, you know, if you sit in there and he says, well, your problem, and you may have walked in there feeling good and everything's fine. He said, the problem is you have cancer. Something about that just has a tendency to say, just your mind screams against it. It can't be true. You know, I'm feeling good, looking good. I mean, my, my strength's good. What do you, I don't know, but it's there. And we know eventually if you don't treat it, it's going to be terminal for you and so he said that it was interesting the terminology that the lord used to get these people's attention he said you're not even cold and when i think about cold that's a descriptive word and you may have i doubt many people here this morning are in that category there may be you may have come this morning and maybe someone has dragged you to church you know that may be and that's why you know it has that and so you don't normally do this kind of stuff and so when i think you don't really have much time for god you don't even think about god and god really doesn't have it's not really in your equation in your life doesn't figure in there anywhere and so that's kind of cold may i say to that person this morning that you don't have to stay that way you know god can do something for you to, to warm that program up then he says this area you're not cold you're not hot now hot doesn't mean perfect hot means passionate you know passionate he said, you're not even, you're not, you're not cold, you're not hot, you're not passionate. And, uh, and certainly one of the ways you can tell a, passion, a person is passionate or hot about the things of God is when they're in trouble. When you're in trouble, you're going through a hard time, who do you go to? Who do you call? Oh, what, what is it after, when you're going through whatever's calamity, and you know, you know uh, uh, I'm, I'm up almost 50 years old now. The mind goes first, doesn't it? You know, but you get to it. And I, I you know, and I, I've had calamity and difficulty and problems in my life. We have we have three children, six grandchildren, and uh, you know, Charlotte has stayed with me over fifty years. I don't know why, but uh, there's just a God. That's all I'm trying to tell you, and that's cool. And, and so, but we've had a few problems and difficulties through the years, you know. And when when you go when you go through those problems, if if the, what you turn to is what you're passionate about. If you turn to God, that means you're passionate. That kind of checks your temperature out, if you would. That's what checks your temperature, you see. And so he said to this little Ocean church, you're not cold, you're not hot, you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. Now, like this coffee, you're lukewarm. Decaf. <laughs> Lukewarm decaf coffee. Can it get any better than that? You see, 
what he's saying, and you know, when, it, when I started this service out, this stuff was hot. And, you know, the only thing I did was to sit in here, and because it was in this atmosphere, it turned the coffee lukewarm. That's all you have to do in this world. You don't have to do anything outstanding. You just are in the world, and you're a part of the world, and what the world does is to cool you off, particularly when it comes to the things of God. And Jesus said, you're lukewarm. It makes me sick. Now, the question you have to ask yourself this morning is how, how, how can I know? I, I don't know. If you're a believer this morning, there's one thing I don't want to do to Jesus. I don't want to make him sick. I don't want him to see Bill and say, Bill, you make me sick. I don't want that. You know, I don't want that to be, uh, I don't want to get used to that. I don't want to be comfortable with that. I don't want Jesus to think that way. And so, therefore, if I'm lukewarm, I want to know how did I, where did I get there? What happened to cause that to me? Let me give you some indicators that you're lukewarm. Number one, you, 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 you've cooled off. I mean, you've said that to your, I'm not talking about you're wiser or you're slowed down, but uh, you've cooled off when it comes to the things of God. Uh, and let me tell you something, being busy and being church every night of the week doesn't mean you're hot for God. It just means you have nothing else to do. So, you know, I get around people, and sometimes they equate that with being hot. Well, I'm here all the time, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. No, no, not, a case. not, not the case. You know, I, I, you know, how many times have we made this kind of statement, there's no one knows you like you. But I think the thing, you know whether you're, you've cooled off when it comes to the things of God. You know that's the case. You say, I, I just kind of cooled off when it comes to the things of God. Another indicator, I've started compromising. Compromising. You know, I've just kind of got to a situation where, you know what? You've got to go along to get along. Yeah, you can't cause any waves in this world. I mean, after all. You know, we don't want to, we wouldn't want people to, you know, to be upset by what we're saying and what we're doing. And so we've kind of compromised. We've taken the core values of our beliefs and we've shoved them down to say, well, I don't want to bother people. Let me tell you something right now, guys. We're here to make a difference in people's lives. So maybe you've started compromising. The things you thought were cool, you know, right in your life, you're not doing them anymore. You're explaining them away. Well, after all, it always bothers me when I get around people and they're getting ready to, to explain why they're messed up. They always say this, well, after all, and then from then on, it's compromise. That's an indicator I've, I've, I'm lukewarm. Number three, I don't care. When I first saw that, I thought, wow, that's... But you know, sometimes we get overwhelmed with life. We get to a place that I just don't care anymore. And it's very difficult uh, to get out of that syndrome in your life, but we know when we get there, we're just kind of cooled off, and you know we've come to a situation that we kind of compromise, compromise where we are, and we've kind of come to a situation where we've kind of said, "I just don't care anymore." Of course, the question is, how do, how do I stay on fire for God? How, how do I stay up when this world's so down? You know what I'm saying? This is a down world that we're living in. Don't you really enjoy watching TV? 
I mean, all the stuff on TV and all the, you know, and I realize we're in a very serious time, and you know that, you know where I'm at, and you know we got some, you know, you know I'm rich, I've already, actually already voted, and I, you know, and I pray for our country, and, and I'm thankful to live in this country, it, it so concerns me what I'm seeing and all, and, uh, and I know that you feel the same way, uh, I'm not divorcing myself from it whatsoever, uh, in fact, uh, the last Sunday, the next Sunday, we're going to have a, that night, Sunday night, we're going to have communion services together, we're going to have a prayer time together. Uh, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves to pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You know who needs to turn from their wicked ways? Christians. That's who needs to turn from their wicked ways. Then we'll hear from heaven, and then I'll heal your land. And we're asking for God to do that, and we invite you to be back here with us next Sunday night at 5 o'clock as we have our communion service together and have this time of, of prayer and beseeching God and, and going before the, the, the one that can make the difference in this world. But he's speaking to these people in Lado and he said, you guys have become lukewarm, so you're how, how, can I, how, can I, how can I heat up this coffee? How can I do it? What, what, is, the, what is the things, that, that I, the strategies, if you will, to get this coffee heat? Well, one of the things I could have done when I poured the coffee, I could have poured it into a thermos. I'm not going to pour my coffee out. I could, have, I could have poured the coffee into a thermos, and that would have uh, been one strategy to keep the coffee hot. The only problem with that, two problems. Number one, eventually it'll get cold even in the thermos. And second of all, <laughs> what you've got to realize, when it comes to our relationship to God, God does not want to Stick your influence in a thermos. He wants your influence to be out where people can be affected by it and be helped by it. We are not to find some place to isolate ourselves. We are not isolationists. We're inclusive when it comes to our life, when it comes to this community. If that's not the case, why in the world are we still here? Why am I still here? If, we'll say, you know, my ultimate goal is go to heaven. Go ahead. Get it done. And I believe that one day when, the, when, this, when, the, when life is over, one way or the other, whether I die or Jesus comes back, didn't you like that song, The Midnight Cry? One of my favorite songs. Anyway, however it works out, but, but until that time happens, I got something to do. And what God is saying to this little sin church, you guys are lukewarm. You're lukewarm. So how do we energize it? Well, some people put it in a the thermos. You know, they... they, they, they find services to go to and bible studies to go to and you know they always are going to be in church as long as i'm in church it's cool i'm, I'm going not cool it's hot <laughs> it's hot services don't work i could take this oh this really works i could take this coffee and put it into a microwave heat it to ten thousand degrees <laughs> See, i could i could cook this stuff but you know the problem with that not very long after that when i when i come out of the microwave it doesn't take long it cools off real quick and sometimes we go to strategy conferences and all types of things that we go to. And we go to these microwave-type programs, and we get in there. And as long as we're sitting in the program, it's pretty good. When we walk out of the program, we find things have changed. We cool off. Or, which I believe God's strategy, we need to find a place to plug this thing into, like a hot plate. And put this thing on a hot plate, and it's going to always, always be hot. And I think this is what God wants us to have. He wants us to plug in to the power source and quit doing the things on our own. And he's saying to this particular church here, you have got to understand that, that, that you, you are not doing right. You are not hot. You're not cold. You're lukewarm. You know, you make me sick. And why in the world doesn't that make you sick? That's my question. 
Why doesn't that upset you? You know why? Because we're lukewarm. Oh, look how this, look how this group took this. Look at verse 17. Because thou sayest, because thou sayest, this is what they just heard this stuff, what the doctor said. They didn't like what he said. And this is what they said about themselves. I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. That's pretty clear, isn't it? They said, hey, I don't really need anything. <laughs> I mean, I, we've got together in our program. I mean, we're doing stuff. You know, we, we got this thing together. And, and he's saying, you know, you're lukewarm. You're not hot and goes in the way. No, you don't understand. Jesus, we are rich. We have it together. We have our needs are being met. And how do you meet your needs? By being rich. That's what you acquire. We're doing pretty good. Look at, look at what we have. You know, as a church, we have a tendency. Look, man, we have a place to sit, you know, air conditioner, all this kind of stuff that we have that we feel we got a, so important and all. And we're rich. We've got all kinds of things. We're rich. We meet our needs through that area. We meet our needs through rules. Churches love rules. Uh, riches is what we acquire. Rules is what we, what we require. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, I, of course, you know, I grew up in ministry that had lots of rules. <laughs> you know, don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with the girls that do. No, no, that was Boy Scouts. That was the wrong group. I was in different group. Sorry, different group. And uh, but you know, we we you know, if we, we say if I'll do this, this, and this, now I'm not I'm not again. You know, we need to do what's right. And I understand that type of situation. But rules alone won't make you hot when it comes to the things of God. Those are the things that we require. Uh, some other area how we meet our needs through knowledge. This is how we inquire. Uh, if I know more, I'll be more spiritual. I am convinced that you are educated way past your obedience. You know more about this book and God than you're doing. It's not that you don't know. You just don't want to do it. We, we meet these desperate needs in our life through relationships. These are things we desire. If we can be around certain people, then we'll be spiritually hot. Or the last thing, uh, we sometimes uh, meet this need through achievement, things we aspire to do. If I could simply do these things, I'd be hot when it comes to, to the things of God. I wrote this down for you. I thought this was interesting. No matter how well you acquire, require, inquire, desire, aspire, sooner or later you're going to expire. Just thought I'd give that to you. You're going to expire. If it's built on us, you're in trouble. If, you're, if, you're, if your Christianity, if your, your walk with God is, is focused just on the things you're doing or things you have or things you're trying to get a hold of, you're in trouble. And, and the thing that we see, look at here, the rest of the part of verse 17. He says this, Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have nothing, need nothing, here it is. And knowest not, you don't know this, that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That's pretty tough, isn't it? You're saying you have all these things, and what you don't realize is that you need me in your life. You've got this, this stuff. But you need me in your life. You need me in your church. You need me in your country. You need me. 
And Jesus, is, as he's talking to these people, he's saying, listen, the problem you've got is that the more and more self-sufficient you get, the more miserable and poor and wretched and blind and naked you are. So he says. What Jesus is saying here is you need me in your life. I sincerely believe that you can know Christ as your personal Savior and have a wasted life. Wasted life. You could be here this morning and there's been a day in your life you've trusted Jesus as your personal Savior. You asked God to forgive you of your sins. You've asked him to come into your heart and be your personal Savior. And the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, and the Bible's real clear that God, God desires to, to save us, desires that we be born again, and he desires that for our life. And you may be here this morning, and there's been a day that you trusted Christ as your personal Savior, but you look at your life, and man, what a waste. What a waste. What it could have been. And you may have come this morning, and maybe you're lamenting over that kind of thought, what it really could have been. And certainly I understand that thought, but you know, hey, how about what it can be? What it can be. Jesus said to this Laodicean church, you messed up. You need to admit it. You've heard me say before, the revealing of your feeling is the beginning of healing. If you can get it out there. So you have a choice. Get mad, get right. That's about it. Get mad, don't like what we're saying. Then get right. I said a few minutes ago, and I'll just end with this thought. If what our lukewarm behavior, and this is what I, the Laodicean church to me is the closest church like the church today that I see today. Very similar in the makeup and the composition and what I see happening among Christians today. And the thing I think he's trying to so get our attention about is this makes Jesus sick, our life. Then why doesn't it make us sick? Why can we live this life? We know it's in opposition to what the Lord says here, and we're okay with that. There are some things we should not be okay with. There are some things that we should not say, well, you know, you know, preacher, we're living in the last days. I've been preaching over 50 years, and I've believed all 50 years. You say, do you still believe it? Absolutely, I believe it. But here's the deal, guys. God has left us here to make a difference. And, and this morning, you can give me all the excuses why. Well, the last days, and our economy's messed up, and our, uh, man, the, the, the elections are just awful, and the things I hear on TV are, are so repulsive. Uh, you know, uh, uh, just on and on we go, and we can, we, can point to, we can point to all that kind of stuff, he says. But when he made that statement, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, he was not talking to the world, he was talking to us. And he wouldn't have said that if that wasn't a problem. So we can be like the folks in Laodicea and say, hey, wait a minute, we have need of nothing. Isn't that what they said? We 
And you may look at that and be repulsed by that, but how many this morning is sitting out there saying, I really have got it together, and I don't need anything, and I don't need God? Well, I'm just telling you this. The doctor gave the diagnosis. He gave the prescription that needs to be filled. And if we don't do that, if we don't heed what he says, He's going to talk more next week about this. But if we don't heed that, and I know we don't like that or like this, there's nobody to blame but yourself. Don't say, no, no, society, environment, family, whatever. No, there comes a time when you're accountable. So then, every one of us are accountable. And one day, soon, I believe, we'll be given an account for our lives. So why not this morning? You have an opportunity. He so desperately is saying to us, you have this need. You need to see. Oh, I need the election to be going properly. I need this to go this way. God, what you need. And, and I'm not saying those things are unimportant. You know, I, I, I'm so strong and believe in those areas. But, but the, what concerns me is that's not going to change the world. You're going to change the world. Get at it. Let's Let's get this stuff out of our lives. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as Savior, come and receive him. And you're here this morning, and you have become lukewarm. You're cooled off. You're indifferent about the things of God. Your time is so full of you. If God called for appointment, he'd be put on hold. So why not this morning? Say, hey, God, whatever I have, I'm going to give it to you. Whatever you want me to do, you just show me. I want to be obedient to you. And these last days that we're living in this very turbulent time i want to be a beacon i want to be a solution in the hopeless world we'll give some hope for we have hope in the lord let's stand please if you would for prayer god is through his word has very lovingly talked to the church and let all the sea